Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was a report day Friday. So how did the markets react? We know there was a lot of negativity going on, but you got to add to the fact that it's end of month, end of quarter, and there's concerns about when and if the government will shut down over the weekend. Now you can add to it. We've got harvest underway. And we're going to take a look at that and a whole lot more on this week's episode. Imagine a future fueled by soy-based possibilities. A future where creativity and productivity live together under one roof. A future that takes you from point A to point B to point Z, all while ensuring brighter tomorrows for our next generation. A soy-based future? It's already here. And welcome back once again. You can see I've got the guys from Tradeoffs joining us today. PJ Conrad and John Fauner are joining us to take a look at what's been happening in these market trades. And gentlemen, the USDA report that came out on Friday, a lot of negative feel on the markets. What are your thoughts? Well, I guess I'll start. I mean, you know, the corn was a little bit, uh, the numbers were a little bit positive. You know, they, they actually lowered the ending stocks a little bit. Uh, however, you know, since the report came out at 11 to now, you know, which it's currently as we're talking, it's 113. So the market hasn't closed. Corn's off 11, uh, December off 10 on the uh, March and uh, even next December's off seven. But, um, you know, I don't know. I'm a little surprised at how we're how we're finishing the day there. Um, soybean stocks were up, you know, I think about 25 million, but still we're at somewhat tight levels. Um, so I, I don't know. It kind of feels like a little bit of overreaction. You know, but like you said, month end, quarter end, um, you know, this report definitely, definitely, but usually creates some volatility. Uh, however, I did see where this report was one of the first time and uh, Karen Braun reported it. So it's probably check her tweet for accuracy, for my accuracy, what I'm going to say. But I want to say this is the first time in at least like a decade that all the numbers have come within the range uh, of what the USDA was saying that they could come in at. So, <clears throat> but yeah, and then we, uh, the Chicago wheat down uh, 37 here, uh, not looking good, uh, even with the Russians not agreeing with the Ukraine trade corridor and everything. And with the whole reasons that we think that wheat should be higher, it doesn't matter, apparently, because we the world has found a way to feed itself without it. So we're going to have to come back around to that here in just a second, John. But PJ, I wanted your initial reactions to the USDA report. You know, initial reaction, uh, you get a little bit to beans and corns flat. It's, it seems like a big nothing report, I guess. It's kind of given us a bullish catalyst the last three years. So you're always hoping for something to push the market higher. And obviously today was not it as we go into the close and being down hard. I think a lot of it, you know, like you said, end of month, end of quarter, maybe get some positioning going on. If you look, you know, usually this is when we do score lows, uh, either side of October 1st or knock on the door of that. So a lot of seasonality would say we would rally back throughout the month of October. And if you're a, a conspiracy theorist, I guess would be one way to put it. Uh, you think we're going to rally the price so we don't get paid on crop insurance, on federal crop insurance. But is what it is. I mean, we'll take a rally at five, you know, hopefully back north of five. And there's still a gap in the chart at 520 to 30 on the Dece corn and soybeans. The thing you got to love about soybeans is they have the ability to rally a dollar for no good reason and uh you know, ability to take a dollar off for really no good reason too. And so like you said, Susan, harvest is really cranking up in, in the Midwest. I think we're probably gonna be done with beans by and large right over the weekend. 
and really corn harvest will take off. So government shut down what the USDA report is supposed to be October 12th, I think, give or take. Maybe we don't get that report, which might be a godsend, really. Uh, they just seems like it just reaffirms that there is a big crop because you got 95 million acres. And I think that's something you got to keep in your mind. We can talk about the end cap of uh, the 22 crop we had today and what that looks like. But ultimately, as we move ahead, we're always going to have a hard time breaking out in corn because you can take a lot of yield off. So we need beans or wheat to do the heavy lifting. And today did not help the wheat market to do the heavy lifting and also probably add a little bit to the bean carryout, albeit still very tight. And I don't think yields are getting anybody excited, but uh, the export market, and John can speak more on that, isn't too excited about uh, soybeans either. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the, the, the export market has been extremely dismal basically on every crop. I mean, uh, so the fact that these prices are hanging in here where they are, and I know I'm saying hanging in here and probably a lot of uh, farmers that maybe are feel a little undersold at this point, or maybe regardless of how they feel they're sold or not, you know, they, they probably don't agree with that statement. But when you look at where we were one year ago and the fact that stocks on corn haven't really changed on the price, but yet we're down, what, two bucks on corn, roughly. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of taking a stab there, but uh, and definitely a, a couple bucks on the beans. Um, it's surprising they're hanging in there. But again, exports, very dismal. The river situation, low waters, you know, causing expensive freight. Um, it, it's going to be tough to dig out of this, uh, you know, dig out of this hole um, that we're in as far as exports go. Well, I think, and not to cut you off, Susan, but I do think one thing to hit on is the commercial does not own a lot of corn today. If you look at the commitment of traders, they don't own a lot of corn. And in this report, uh, what ending stocks on corn are only up 1%, I believe it was 19% is up in the farmer's hands. Yep. What that tells you is by and large, the farmer's undersold and he might hold some old crop as well. And they've seen a $3 swing in the old crop market, $1.50 in the new. And there's a lot of guys sitting around saying, now what are we going to do? And how do we make this bad situation a good one? And there's no perfect plan, but you got to have something to say, I'm going to sell a rally, or you're going to watch this thing go up and down and potentially down lower and not do a darn thing about it. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you guys is the fact that, you know, these combines are rolling. Is it a temptation just to say, I'm going to put it in the bin? And I'm going to wait and see if the, all things get better in the world, if they can afford to do that. Well, I think it's a, at this point, it's a great plan. I mean, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go puke it in at 12 month lows either. Um, I think you got to be responsible enough to say, let's put this in the bin, but what's your game plan of how I'm going to price this? basis probably is a lot of we got a huge disconnect of rail and ethanol and crush margins so who's going to lead that boat and the farmer's going to be a stubborn seller probably until jfm most likely <clears throat> yeah I, I would definitely say that you know having some sort of uh, protection plan to the downside but leaving yourself as much upside flexibility as possible and that's not just the broker and me talking you know that's that's legit like I, i'm with bill we're at 12 month lows on uh, corn and beans, we're at three-year lows on weed, which I know is not weed harvest, but I was going to throw that in there because it's important. Um, you know, price is getting back to, or it is heading the direction it needs to go, unfortunately, to ramp exports back up. But I don't, I'd be honest, I don't know what that flat price is that actually spurs it, you know, especially with the river being lower, that forces everything over to the PNW, and that market's already overloaded. And so it, it, it's going to be tough, but 
Um, there again, you know, we could still see to, to relieve your anxiety, do something to protect the downside, but leave plenty of upside flexibility and however that is, you know, and don't necessarily just put it on DP because it's going to be, you know, it's only a quarter to the end of the year because you might be, you know, pay a quarter and it's down another 25 cents too, you know, before we finally get something, some catalyst to bring the market back up. You know, and some might wonder too, is there the opportunity, can the rail even handle it if we're not yeah. going to be pushing it down the river? That's exactly, yeah. The logistics at the PNW right now is going to be the the tough part, I think, right? I feel, I mean, then there's some, uh, some of our internal conversations. Uh, it's pretty jammed up out there. Yeah, jammed up. And you also got, it's interesting, uh, three weeks ago, everyone thought harvest would be full till, you know, beans be done with. And there's a lot of bean trains. Just the way the things have hit, there's bean trains sitting on track here waiting for harvest to fulfill their needs. And I was just talking to a guy today at a local co-op and you know, he made the point too. He goes, there, there's zero reason why I should be buying the basis I am because I can't logistically move that much in the truck market. But in the, and right now what I'm buying is what I can sell. So it makes zero sense, but the carry is there right now in the bean market. And another uh, bean buyer told me is China's going to have to come to the market here at some point. And when they do, it's going to be at big chunks at a time. And so his theory is we could see November really take off in the next 30 days, close that carry and provide some export demand. And I think I've said before on other shows, Susan, I do think there's the thought process of your China. Why not see where this market is if we have 95 million acres before you go in and buy a bunch too? Well, you know, and, and John, you were talking at the beginning about everything that's been going on in this wheat complex. And it just, it's interesting how it seems to have a global hold on what we're yeah. seeing and, and the flood of cheap wheat that's coming to market. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the news is, is, is flooded uh, to use that term with, you know, everything's about the Ukraine corridor and is it going to be renewed or is it not? That's all, you know, we've talked about since that, since they initially did it. Right. And um, you know, now here we are um, not, you know, they did not renew it and it's not helping the wheat price one bit, you know? And so it's just like, where's this coming from? Well, big crops and, and just lower overall demand. And then, you know, the market actually does find when you have a, an event like that war, you know, that is kind of like a, like a shock thing, the market does, you know, what it needs to do to ration, to figure it out, but then it goes, okay, now how do we get all this other grain and these other alternatives and, and get them in place to make this work? And that's what commodity traders have done since basically, you know, there's been commodity traders. And so I think that's what you're seeing is now we've got these alternate routes and we've kind of figured it out now, you know, again, things will go back to mean, but it's going to, you know, I don't know when that is. John, I was thinking about this, uh, the whole Poland situation of them not wanting to Ukraine, not wanting to or being able to move grain through Poland or the EU. Um, how long does it take for that to shake out in the world market? And does it really matter? Does the Ukrainian farmer just take a bigger hit and end up going bankrupt and then we'll bail them out? Interesting times, gentlemen. We're in. Appreciate you joining us this week. Yeah, it was a great yeah. time, Susan. Thank you. All right. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup on the World Radio Network. <laughs>